1: Welcome to the Paul Hickey Podcast. Today, I talk to Fallon Brassel, a badass attorney and entrepreneur. You're going to want to hear what she's up to. Thanks for listening. Super not fancy, but anyway, so um, yes. I it was cool that you, it seems like you have different um, types of clients mm-hmm. that you would be able to help, like super corporate all the yes. way through um just maybe even personal brands as in say bloggers <laughs> influencers right. things
0: like that yeah
1: so and i'm you, super intrigued <laughs>
0: <laughs> so all of this came about basically because i was super obsessed with youtube and okay. blogging and social media um i think I know i was in law school when blogging like first kind of made its debut into like being very popular um, and so I tried my hand in blog I still do like an etiquette blog. Like I just okay. generally like the subject. Um, and so I started off as a tax attorney, which is totally different than what I'm doing now. And it, you know, it was corporate tax on Wall Street in New mm-hmm. York. Um, and then I moved back to Nashville and it kind of transitioned into a general corporate practice. And I actually got connected with um, an attorney in our firm in our Atlanta office who was doing media work, a lot of media, communications, um, even promotions, Mm so uh, contests and sweepstakes. And then when she and I started working together, we started picking up more social media things because I had that expertise. And I think it probably, like I said, just stemmed from having a genuine interest in it. And so Mm -hmm. then keeping up with what the laws look like around that, what terms and conditions on the different platforms look like around that. And so we started being able to kind of expand that practice area to include yeah. those things. Um, but now you're absolutely right. Like a lot of, I just went to a, a marketing law conference in Chicago and there were 800 people there, all you know, legal professionals and marketers for large companies. And that's who you tend to see um, with the big representation. Um, mm-hmm. And at the law firm, that tends to be who I, represent a lot. So like big companies who want to do promotions or want to engage customers on social media and have those interactions. But I also, you know, saw a need for the little people, the bloggers Mm -hmm. and the influencers who really have no idea about the laws in this space, Uh needing people to say, hey, you know, this is kind of what you need to watch out for. Are you putting hashtag sponsored or hashtag ad or you know something like that on these okay. posts that you're doing? Um, because in the past, you see the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission, who does a lot of um, policing in this space, so to speak they have uh, typically gone after the big company. So it's just like, you know, you are, you know, fill in the name of the big company who's engaging Mm -hmm. this little person to, you know, connect with their audience, this mommy blogger to connect with her audience to sell your product. So if you don't explain to them what to do, it's on you. But lately, just recently, the FTC has actually sent warning letters to the individual influencers. Interesting. And so now you see folks who are like, I have no I didn't even know there were laws they about it. They're
1: now getting as big as the big companies.
0: Exactly. I mean, you think about it like, you know, as um, time passes and the space becomes more developed, you know, initially it was just like, most people probably didn't even think you could make a living from blogging. Like this was yeah. just a hobby, you know, and the minds of the general public but it's just like a lot of bloggers probably make a lot more money than (laughs) most folks do you know for sure exactly just you know really selling the brand and um selling the influence that they have and so now it's kind of you know it seems like the FTC might be saying hey you know it's time to hold you guys accountable as well too and so that's why I was just kind of like I think there's definitely a need to let some of the other people know. <laughs> yeah, but so the law the, what does it
1: feel like, how is it to kind of like be in a space that's being created as you go? I feel like it's like the wild, wild west and then yeah. they're created. So how quickly are laws created and then how do you get the information, like how do you stay? Right on top the of, the of it information all. and then communicate that, or get so. And sorry, I have like so many questions. I want <laughs> to ask so I'm trying to do that one
0: at a time. No, it's fine. So I really love a space like this. Like I said, I started off in tax law, and then like corporate M and A. And as a young attorney, I feel like I enjoy this space better because I can kind of be in the forefront, like be there as you know the space is kind of being defined, mm-hmm. which is great. Otherwise, I kind of felt like, you know, with tax and with corporate, I was coming in, you know, it was almost like a history lesson in addition to learning the craft of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, With this, it's just like, you're. I feel like I'm really in there and I'm really living it. Like, I'm seeing it develop. Yeah. And that, for me, I'm more of a, you know, like a visual, hands-on type learner. And so that, for me, has made a big difference in even my enthusiasm about it because it's just like, okay, I see where this is going versus... Yeah. Let me try to figure out where it's been for a really long period of time which is the case with tax and corporate um so that's what's really exciting to me and like i said i genuinely i'm just kind of obsessed with youtube and like all like i literally could just like watch youtube so how did you start (laughs)
1: so you were when before you became a tax attorney Mm -hmm. go back a little bit okay to when you like what did you want to do When you were in high school, how how did you kind of like make your decision? And and you're from you're
0: from Nashville. I'm from Memphis. I got to Nashville because I came to Vandy for college. Okay. Then I went to Duke for law school, and that's kind of where. So I always wanted to be a lawyer or Mm -hmm. in the business space. Um, but when I was in law school, as my break from the ridiculous amount of reading, you know, that you have to do, I would go on YouTube and watch makeup tutorials or fashion videos. And, um, that's when I started blogging and dabbling in, like, making YouTube, um, youtube videos like if you go way back like i probably have a video from like 2006 or 2007 like talking about nail polish (laughs) just for you know whatever you know to take my mind off Uh of torts and criminal law and all that stuff um so that's kind of how i got started and then like i said it really was a while i was back then like there was nothing like there wasn't even really internet law so to speak like just vaguely you know if something you know if a tour or some other type of case was created using the internet then you kind of saw the internet being introduced into cases or case law but there was no like body of law surrounding the internet and definitely not surrounding like influencers per se yeah um and so
1: influencers probably no determined exactly no they they
0: were just people who you know you just like to tune into and they weren't making money i i don't even know if i want to say the youtube partner program may have been fresh at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, not, you know, you weren't automatically making money off videos. It was truly just, I just like to talk about this. Yeah. And I just wanted to share it with people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's how I got into it. Um,
1: did you think like i could do this like this is what i want to do oh yeah yeah, okay
0: so initially i was like okay i really like this and then i was like oh this is a very neat hobby yep and i don't think i ever thought you know maybe there was a period of time where i was just like being a lawyer is kind of dry like let me you know maybe i should instead try to be a fashion blogger or a beauty blogger or something and i was like ah, maybe not yeah because you know lawyers tend to be more risk Averse, uh-huh. and so you know there was always like, um, yeah, you know, yeah. you probably should, you know, use this degree that it took this amount of time to get, and this amount of money to get, and you know, so yeah. I never quite made a go of it in that space. But then you know, I still was really interested in it, so it kind of morphed into this yeah. practice area that I've created now.
1: <laughs> I'm so, okay. This makes so much sense to me. It's in, <laughs> There's a lot of parallels to my story okay. too, in that. In 2006, I created my own website because I was a little bit bored with my job. Okay. I, I turned that into an actual business about a year later. I uh, hired an attorney through my uncle's law firm, who was the only one that knew anything about like internet law. Uh huh. Yeah. But it didn't really. There was really nothing other than just the same things you would do for any, for other any business, business. Really. exactly. Yeah. And um and then like being risk averse. Mm-hmm. being married eventually starting a yes. family not wanting to like knowing that it would be a grind to be in my case mm-hmm. in you, uh, your case like uh, fashion, makeup, yeah, things like that mine was sports, fantasy football okay, was cool. mine so it was like I'm going to have to grind to make even half yeah. of what I'm making already exactly. so how oh am I going to and then just having the self awareness to know like I'm not going to be happy really then I'm not going to be happy like if I'm not happy yeah. in my job
0: now mm-hmm. I'm just
1: going to trade one kind of
0: and it takes the fun out of what was super exactly. fun for you. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So then I'm excited <laughs> for you then to continue to tell your story, and I'm excited for where I know you are now. Because mm-hmm. like, I, I can see how you put the pieces together. Because now you're in, you're you're basically applying both. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Now. And
0: so it's so funny because you know in a corporate setting, you know there are all these firewalls and stuff. I'm like. Are you watching YouTube at your desk? It's like, I get to watch YouTube and go on Facebook at my desk because I'm literally like, you know, doing something for a client or, you know, like searching out, like, how are these rules playing out? Um, Instagram, for instance, just put this new feature on where you can put um, that it's a sponsored post, like, kind of up at the top Mm -hmm. where um, if you have a, a business page, you can link whoever you're working with as an affiliate, you know, like if you're wearing their clothes, you can put sponsor by sewing stuff up at the top. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because the FTZ um, has said that that may not necessarily be enough and so I like to go on and kind of see what are, like how are people using these new features? Like are they, you know, going a step beyond to kind yeah. of do what, you know, the FTC, would, what would make the FTC like really happy, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I tend to have like, you know, my, my word, you know, drafting documents, but I also have a screen where I get to keep my Instagram and YouTube yeah. and Facebook up because I'm You're literally I'm working like, people. I promise I'm working. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, that's awesome because I, there's got to be like this element of, Instagram just launched a, launched a feature yesterday that we all found out about basically just by using it. Like yeah. there's no announcement. Yeah, here. no. And so no. It's a, like, it was just a feature that they added to the story where you can say like, this is a part of my story that I want to oh. use. And you can actually save your stories for longer. Nice, So i have to check that out. And I don't even really know, I just happened to be doing a story yesterday. And, and it popped up. And it popped up. I was and looking it won't at stories this so you morning, kind of okay okay yeah I have to check that out so um, you should check <laughs> it out and then um, and so I w- what I was gonna say is like I, I would imagine that there's this element of we don't even know when a, a feature no. is gonna be and how that feature would then affect exactly. potential so how far behind is it? I feel like the FTC would be behind yes yeah, so everyone's that, behind right so everyone's like, get...
0: behind which is good because it kind of yeah. like gives you leeway to you know self correct yep. and to try things out and see how it works. You know, but honestly it really is just a matter of, you know, making sure you do things that feel right. Like the what the FTC generally, you know, I'm yes. not a representative of the FTC, but generally speaking they don't want customers to be misled, or the general public to felt to feel like they're, you know, like yeah. not there's not truth in what you're doing. So, if, you know, generally speaking, they want people to say, you know, I was paid right to review this okay you know and a lot of people always add you know the opinions are still mine like i'm still being honest with you but they want people to know like if you're getting compensated in some way if it's in the form of money or getting a product you know i'm being compensated to do this and that's like the most important thing and so it just gets a little tricky in you know, your idea of how you make might convey that you're being paid might be different than my way of yeah. conveying and that's where the FTC is. So they're trying to establish some kind of like guidelines. guideline. Exactly. To
1: where people in your profession can then have like a legal uh exactly. advice recommendation for your yes. client to say this is what that that makes sense. I yeah. feel like that's gonna be something that's not gonna be too hard to right. establish because and it should be there.
0: Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean and I can now I can see where like sponsored mm-hmm. might not be enough to what you're right. saying. Right,
0: exactly. And
1: um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about what it's, what are the differences between the, main, the big corporate clients and mm-hmm. the influencer in terms of like what does that engagement kind of look like? What does the client come to you needing in each
0: case? Right. So the difference is going to be totally obvious. It's going to be the dollars behind it. Okay. So the companies will have the resources to say, take this, research it to the death, make sure there has been no situation where anything that we're doing could possibly even toe the line. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, the bigger companies not only do they have you know the resources to put behind it, but they have like bigger reputations on the line. You know, like one. One poor decision could be the death, you know, like PR death for a company. Um, And so you tend to see there where they come Mm -hmm. in and say, you know, this is is our end goal. Like, we want to engage more customers or get new customers or expose ourselves to people who, you know, aren't currently shopping with us. Um, And they'll say, you know, we want to do this in a form of a contest or a sweepstakes. Or you know we want to go on social media and you know host a giveaway through Facebook, mm-hmm. um, or sometimes you see like we want to hire a celebrity or an influencer to promote our products. What do we need to do? What do we need to put in place? To be completely protected from pretty much anything that might come our way, mm-hmm. um, so that's what you get when you get a big company. They have these big budgets and yes. you know big ideas, and it's my job to put together something that is structurally and legally sound, still while working with the creative folks in the marketing. I was gonna folks. say you're probably
1: working also with like their marketing department in their agency, so there's like this
0: triangle of and you're bringing
1: everything together.
0: Yes, to make everybody happy and you know you tend to you know sometimes you see the lawyers kind of being the bad guys like being like I know that's a really cool idea (laughs) that you want people to feel themselves like jumping off a roof with your product but probably not like the best legal decision right and so you know it's balancing that I feel this is my personal opinion that I'm a very creative Lawyer, yeah, in terms yeah. of lawyer, talk about that because I know exactly, I know exactly where you're going. And, yeah, and that's important,
1: like for you to be extremely. I mean, your value proposition, uh-huh. would be the what you're saying, which exactly. is I'm going to be the one that's actually going to provide alternative options so that everyone can accomplish what they want out of this and not get sued right
0: but on the other hand like I get it like there are other people I know you know tons of lawyers I know who probably would not be suited for a space like this because they like to cut and dry like this 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 and that's it like they can't really see the whole, you know, see outside yeah. the box. And you know, you're asking what would I do if I, you know, didn't do the whole law thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do business, but I actually consider like going into marketing. And mm-hmm. so like if I wasn't an attorney, I think I would probably do something that, like mind, exactly. So, yeah. And so like I I get what you're trying to accomplish. Like I get the big picture and how you're trying to really engage people. But let's try to do it inside these parameters so that I mean, like I said, it's not like anybody's going to jail. (laughs) You know, um, but you just don't want the FTC to come knocking at your door. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So um, when you work with those types of corporate clients, is it mostly that they already have, they already get that they need to be doing this kind of promotion and this kind of advertising because that's where everyone's attention is? Because I, coming into this, Interview with you today. I was like, my um, experience being a digital marketer is Uh that I do so much that I get asked the question so many times, okay, sell me on why we even need to be doing this. And then when I give them all the data, (laughs) I know you can't sell the unsellable, so those typically aren't our clients, but they're part of the process. And Mm -hmm. so then, so my perception just by nature of my job is that I I see a lot of larger companies just like not even wanting still in Mm -hmm. 2017 ten years later yeah they're still not wanting to go into it so are you dealing with circumstances at all around that or are you just more like the
0: larger clients get it already and they just want to protect themselves right I typically see people who get it and want to be in that space um and they just need to figure out what's the best way to do it to limit their exposure. Sometimes I get the calls of, I literally got a call the other day from a company that said, we had this marketing person who's no longer with us and they created a contest that nobody else knew about. And we found it on our website and now we want to see like what do we do, like how do we handle it at this point. I, it's weird. Like, you know, I actually get quite a few of those of like we okay. kinda did this on our own. We're here. Now what do we do? Like, help us, you know? Yeah. Um, and so those are always interesting to try to like and like I said, it's all about minimizing minimizing exposure. Like nobody's going to jail here, you know. Hopefully you're not getting a big fine because you're not you know, you didn't do something you know, you did something that atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> um Typically you just want to make sure everything you do is fair and truthful and not misleading so that no one can, you know, have a claim against the company to say, you know, I was misled by this and I, you know, suffered this harm and now I want to be remedy for this harm. Yeah. Like I want you to pay me. So yeah. that's what you're what you're trying to limit. But I know oh, your other question, like the difference between Those like the big companies and the, you know, small potatoes. When you think about like the individual people, the individual people, you know, aren't really even necessarily aware of the risk. Um, They're not aware of the potential liability. They're just like, oh, you know, I'm out here. I'm so excited to- I'm a business. Exactly, yeah, I'm a business. What do you mean I'm a business? Um, And they're typically so excited to work with the companies And it's not necessarily always even, because if you think about it, like I said, the conference I went to, 800 people there, all representing big companies. Yeah. All, you know, these folks are coming with their legal teams, with the marketing team, the legal team, the outside counsel. And then, you know, you're a, you know, a blogger and you're like excited to have the opportunity to work with this big company. Sure, I'll sign. Whatever! So the
1: companies, that was going to be my next question, uh-huh. so is there like a, a typical, uh, uh, like, master services agreement? <laughs> <laughs> like, I would think an influencer would be like, MSA, like what? Right, what? like what but is, it, is it? there like an agreement passed between the... Yes, the company and the, if the and company the is
0: smart, then the company has created a celebrity influencer endorsement agreement. Okay. And that agreement will cover, you know, all the terms of the contract, like how much am I being paid, um, how long, um will the relationship last? What types of uh, promotions am I doing? What, What are you looking for me to say? What type of products are you looking for me to review? But it also includes protections of the company wants you to say something within these boundaries. If you say anything else, we're not responsible. Okay. so you're going to see um probably quite a bit of the company being like okay we're giving you this much of a leash if you out you know go outside of that then we're you know limiting our liability for those things okay and if um the person on the other side of the influencer or the celebrity doesn't have someone to look at that contract and say well hey you know i'm not responsible for you know. If I say this, and then X Y Z happens, and it's really you know more of a company responsibility versus yeah. a person responsibility, then you have an influencer who has more exposure than he or she needs to have. Yeah, and so that's why I was just like, you know, there's got to be somebody on this side to represent these folks because sure. the big companies are coming prepared. Yeah,
1: yeah. So for you, do you have like a kind of a, a package for right. influencers that so, you say like, here's he just kind of the core simple set of things you need to protect right.
0: yourself? So what I typically do, like I said, the being at a law firm, of course, the companies are the one who can afford that big law sure. firm <laughs> deal that I have to, unfortunately that I have to pass on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, on my social media, I have a blog down dot com, okay. where I'm talking about things that individuals would be interested in and influencers would be interested in. And I would love to put together a package where it's almost kind of like just, discussing the topics because I feel like a lot of folks just aren't even aware of the risk and so that's what I'm working on that's my 2018 goal is to put together you know just like even if it's a series of where you can learn about okay these are the this is what's happening in this aspect of it this is what's happening in the social media sponsored post realm, and give people an opportunity to kind of access that and just learn about it and then you know even engage their own attorney or, you know, someone who does this type of law on a not big law firm yeah. scale, you know, that's more affordable. Mm-hmm. Do it. Do it. I know. Let's go Correct. for it.
1: <laughs> if you were a client of ours, I would just say, yep, you got your, that's, that's the strategy. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. I can, I can tell you would kill it. I mean, I know it's like, it's extra.
0: Yeah, but. But, uh, but yeah, that's going to be so
1: valuable to people and you'll be, yeah. I mean, you'll, you, you can establish yourself as the go-to exactly. um, resource for that because there's I mean you probably know what's out there right <laughs> <laughs> more than, more so than anybody here which puts you in a, a position to kind of be the go-to right. resource starting right. in 2018 <laughs> okay awesome.
0: 2018 is the year yeah let's do
1: it <laughs> That's awesome. you're a badass <laughs> Thanks thanks so much for being on the show and um, there's so there's so many other things I think we need to talk about in the future and have you back and everything
0: like that. Awesome. Um, Is there
1: anything else you want to kind of share about what you've got going on or? Let's see. Uh,
0: um, Okay so I know you were saying you know that's a little bit extra but I feel like I live my life doing like the extra right. stuff, right? It's <laughs> exactly. always something. I'm the same um, <laughs> So, okay, so I'm doing the social, like developing the social media marketing advertising practice, but I also started a lunch club here in Nashville for yes. women. Okay. Um, so it's for professional women, and we meet once a month. And um, I bring in speakers from all over. So speakers, local speakers, um, people from, you know, that you would not have access to here in Nashville. I'm flying in. um, Judge Faith Jenkins, she has just like the new Judge Judy you know, awesome. sorts. Um, okay. she was, uh, she started off as like a Wall Street litigator and was a prosecutor and uh, a talking head on CNN and now yeah. she's a uh, runner-up from Miss America. She's like, yeah. Wow. Um, really but good. yeah, so she's going to come in and we do these very intimate lunches to like 20-ish people okay. so you can really get in front of folks who you always wanted to meet and ask some yeah. questions and really like figure out, you know, if this is someone who like I aspire to be like you know, how do I get there? And so that's my, that was my 2017 project. And so we're launching those starting um, in January. The first person is going to be the owner of the cupcake collection here. She has a okay. really inspiring story. Like, I think they were going to foreclose her house. She was in the Red Letter Day, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They were going to foreclose her house, like, right when she opened the cupcake and she's, like, making a few dollars a day. And now she has this cupcake empire. and That's Yeah. So, all about inspiring people. And, you know, that really has a lot to do with marketing and advertising, yeah. too. So,. Um, yeah, that's, that was my, my pet project for 2017 that I'm taking into 2018. Then I'm going to get started on those videos next
1: year. <laughs> so you have the breakfast just as so a lunch club. Just a lunch club. Lunch club.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you have all the dates
0: set and everything uh, for, so for
1: 2018?
0: The okay. dates are set and on the website. On website? LadyLunchClub.com. LadyLunchClub.com. Yes, LadyLunchClub.com. Um, and the speakers are set for January and February, and I'm in negotiations for, I think, through June.
1: Awesome. Point. Yeah. Cool. That's and really is, is there uh, spots open for people to... Always spots open. It's a practice?
0: ticketed event. Okay. So like each month we'll open up tickets for um, the next event. January is already sold out, but February um, are, they're up on Eventbrite. So you can just okay. go through the website for that. Awesome. Yeah. So this is great. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Paul Hickey Podcast. And a special thank you to our guest today, Fallon Brassel. We sincerely hope you learned something that can help you with your business. Thanks, and have a great day.